Okay, so to finish up um, with this last slide from the previous session, just helping us see, um, we talked about family worship and how really an appetite for worship begins at home. And so we're telling our children like, hey, what we do, then we go to church and we do it with everybody else in our covenant family. Um, so <laughs> I'm going back actually, one slide previous, because what I would love for y'all to do is, if you think about it and you want to write something down, like what's your next step there? Just something practical. Like what is your next step? Is it to ask someone to pray for you? Is it to, um, you know, get a resource? Is it to whatever that next step is, write it down and just aim for it. Because if you don't, then you'll just keep doing the familiar and life will pass by. Um, so I encourage you while you're here, just come up with your next step to helping that family and home connection happen. Um, and then hopefully this can inspire us because children are part of God's covenant plan for the church. Um, and so our theology impacts what we do um, and shapes that. And so it's impacting our methods and we can trust God's promises and teach children as ones who belong. Hey, you belong. This is part of your story too. So we're going to read it today. Um, the Bible is taught. This is how we learn the covenant. Um, it's not instructions for living, but it's who God is. It's the redeeming work of Christ. We're teaching God's story and the promise that he is with us. God has redeemed a people for himself, and it's the story that we get to be a part of. This is what you're telling your children and yourself. God's words are not for you later as an adult. They're here for you right now. And you know what? Children today aren't reading many books, <laughs> but we're going to read this one, and we're going to show you that this is an important book in our lives. Um, help your children read the Bible. Um, we have fellowship. We enjoy the covenant. This is how we enjoy the covenant. Um, we spend intentional time together. We show up for each other. We come to church. We do recipe groups. We do these. We do life together. Um, encourage each other. Remind each other of what is true. Then go out and share it with others. Show a watching world that we're different because of Jesus, because we fellowship differently. Um, and then watch. My warning is watch how you speak about others in the church um, because we do get frustrated with each other and we talk about each other in front of our children sometimes and they're hearing that because they're like, wait, but you said they're my covenant parents. So watch how you speak about others in the church. Display grace and forgiveness. Ask forgiveness. Let your children see you ask for forgiveness. Um, we pray. This is the privilege of the covenant that whew, I just am fired up about. We get to pray, y'all. We get to ask God for help. We get to model this for children, that it's not all up to us. It's God's doing. They come out of the womb wanting to control their surroundings, just like we do. They get it honest. Um, so prayer is modeling surrender. It's modeling that we're depending on someone else, that we're not trying to control everything. Um, and then we're, we get to give co children confidence in the one true God in prayer, knowing that prayer is a wonderful part of our relationship with God. So, sorry, I'm just reading the notes and flying through this. We serve. It's, this is where we get to participate in the covenant, okay? We, you belong. Not only that, but it's something, there's something here that you can own. Um, that was Caleb's story. You can own technology with Tyler as your mentor. 
What can you own in this building? Can you put up the worship bags that are so cute that I saw downstairs? Could you help pick up after church? Could you like own something? Help your children find a meaningful place of service and own it. They're going to need your help to do that. Uh, my 13-year-old loves to serve in children's worship. Our child protection policy says I have to do it with her. I'm glad to, but you know we model for our children how we do that. So model with them what it looks like to serve because we want them to be missed when they're not there. Um, learn about missionaries and others who've sacrificed to serve the church. Pray for them. Tell them the stories. Um, read stories about missionaries. These are people, pastors, um, staff members. I mean, these are people who've given their lives to serve the church. Pray for them. Um, all right, we experience the, the covenant is where we experience discipline. So there are consequences of sin. There are examples in the Bible that we can point our children to where um, people face consequences. We can appropriately reveal our own sin and tell children, right, I struggle with this. Um, and now you're at the age where I want to tell you about that. Or I used to struggle with that, but this is how God um, saved me from that. Modeling asking forgiveness. Boundaries give freedom. This is actually something we're going to talk about um, in the next little presentation. But boundaries that you give your children, give them freedom. Because then they know how close they can go. They can enjoy. They can enjoy the church. They can enjoy the relationships but then they know the boundary and they know where to stop. Um, our motive for discipline is love. And so helping communicate the boundaries to children out of love um, so that they know that. Uh, the church is where we enjoy the sacraments. This is the sign of the covenant, right? It's the picture aid of what God has done for us. Uh, do y'all have communion? And how often do y'all have? Once a month. Once a month. Okay, and then baptism and people joining. I mean, it sounds like y'all have these things happening all around you. So you have multiple times to point your children to those things and say, look, God is shaking hands with the deal he's made on us, and that's what we're doing right now. And, um, and so you're getting to point your children to that, to see the beauty in it, um, and just putting them before that whenever you can. And then worship. We worship the king, the, the, our covenant theology, um, helps us show that we worship the King. This is our response to the covenant, and we're modeling for our children this language of faith, all pointing together to the God that we trust um, as image bearers of Christ and saying we worship the true King and letting our children see us do that. Um, my family sits in the last row of the balcony, which is not where I would sit on Sunday morning, but my son runs down, so he's up there because we want him to see us worship. Even though he has an important role in the church, we're still family, and so we're going to sit right by you. And um, so it's helping your children see you worship and see you worship that king and model them. Um, all right, so now we're going to flip to the next one. This, y'all, is about to get so practical. This is, there is nothing new that you are going to hear. <laughs> um, but maybe it will just encourage someone to be able to think about engaging younger hearts and what that can look like uh, for small children and just give you a few more tools in your tool belt um, to, uh, in your toolbox, uh, to, to think about, you know, what it looks like to spend time with little children, whether that be at home or in a classroom, okay? Um, so feel free to ask questions as I go. 
Y'all probably have lots of things and ideas that I don't know about or that I don't say. Share them with each other, okay? If you're like, hey, this works for me, share it with each other. So this is not me as the expert sharing. It's just me bringing up some tools and then y'all being able to also speak around it. Um, but let's talk about the environment first. So we want to create rich, uh, relationally rich environments which is hard when you have a lot of children in a classroom. I've heard Elizabeth say, you feel that. It's like, it's your desire, but how do I do that, okay? So you're gonna have to actually probably think of ways to simplify, which is actually harder and a lot more work, <laughs> to find space for these relationally rich environments. Um, think about the children today that we talked about and the things that are bombarding them and let that think about what that looks like in your church and creating a relationally rich environment um, and how you can do that. And I will say, it's hard to do when you have different volunteers in the classroom every week. So as much as you can, fight for consistency for your children. And um, even if it's three months, I know that like we all have different places and different places that we wanna be, but fight for time with those children on a consistent basis and think, you know what? I'm going to teach for three months and just see what happens. You'll see the Lord work and then you'll want to do it longer. Um, so show up for the children and spend long amounts of time with them because then you're getting to know their hearts and their desires and being able to take time to listen to them. So, um, then, of course, we want God's Word to take center stage. And so that's where you are um, wanting to make God's time around God's Word special. How can you do that in the home? Um, in our house, it happens around ice cream. My children know this. My sister is a pastor's wife, and so they have ice cream Sunday because Sundays are hard for them. And so ice cream Sunday happens every Sunday, and my children heard about it and they're like can we have ice cream Sunday? yes yes we can let's make Sundays feel special so we go home and we eat ice cream <laughs> and um, maybe before lunch because that takes a minute um, so think of ways that you can make it special help them see you know what God's word is even sweeter than this ice cream and make those times special and think about um, how to help God's word take center stage and I'm not above bribery I guess is what I'm saying um, <laughs> but it's special in a classroom that's a hook right you've got maybe something in a bag that you're wanting to show the children and they're like oh what did she bring in her bag this week you know you've got a hook that's showing them oh it's about to be time to hear God's word and so I know that Miss Katie has something in her bag that she's about to show us so I'm going to go sit on that rug. You know, what can you do to gather the children around God's word in a meaningful special way? Um, you're setting a foundation. Uh, you're setting a foundation that you get to build on. That's obvious, but I just want y'all to hear that because y'all have the young you're here because you're thinking about the younger children. Y'all, this will be built on. You're not trying to give them everything at this age. This is a foundation, but guess what? They get busier. So your opportunity now is huge, okay? And I know you're tired. Oh my gosh, I remember. I just remember all the things. Um, but it's you, you just have such an opportunity now. So it's a privilege that we get to start sharing truth with children at a young age. Um, safe environment. 
Um, we, of course, want safe environments. I mean, I could talk about that all day. If anyone wants to talk about safety, it is a huge part of my heart. Um, safety in terms of two adults and anyways, all the things because y'all, I know, have a great child protection policy. But when you're thinking about one-on-one -on -one relationships with children on the church, think safety. When you're, you know, Caleb's not just there with Tyler, the tech guy. You know, he's, there are other people around them. Um, even though I trust Tyler, but you know, in a classroom setting, you want to think safety. Um, you want children to think, oh, are these people that I, are they safe to share this with? Um, so even those relationally rich environments create these places of safety for these conversations that happen. Can I, can I tell her that I failed this morning? Can I tell my teacher that, you know, can I tell my parents? that I failed, we want to be the ones that they're coming to um, when they fail. So how can you create and model what safe relationships look like? How can you tell that little girl that wants to hug your husband so hard, oh yeah, yeah, okay, side hug. I mean, you're teaching them, you're modeling for them what safe relationships look like outside of the church. Um, so anyways, any thoughts or questions or comments just about that in those environments? Okay, well, this, again, y'all, we're going to go basic. We start with the Bible. Okay, we are modeling for our children in our classrooms and in our homes that this is where our strength comes from. It doesn't come from us. Um, this is where we learn from. This is where we teach from. If you have opportunities to teach your children in the home, guess what? Teach them what you're learning because it's going to come out in a way that sounds like you're actually interested in it. What's God doing in your life? What are you reading? Share it with the children. It doesn't have to be as complicated as sometimes we want to make it. Um, have it open, okay? Um, did y'all see Stephen this morning in the Devo? He had his Bible open, but he had a sheet of paper beside it. This is how I teach Sunday school. You know, you're, you're showing that you're getting that strength from God's Word. You're reading wherever you can in God's Word. And even with my four-year-olds, I'm looking for actual words from the Bible that I can read um, as I tell that story. But I've got a little note card beside me that's also helping me, you know, teach age appropriately. But open your Bible. Let them see it, Okay. Um, this is the Bible that I take. It's not the Bible I read at home because I've got that Bible that I'm marking up to show the children. It's amazing. I was with kindergartners um, recently, and they were like, wait, what are the numbers? Oh, I know what it was. We were memorizing Hebrews 6-something, and um, you can find help in time of need. And we were memorizing it, and he's like, we were saying the address afterwards. He's like, you know you could just say 432. And I was like, Oh, no, you don't understand. There's big numbers and small numbers. So it's Hebrews 4, 32. I don't think that's the actual reference. But you see what I'm saying? Like, And being able to show them, look, there's big numbers and small numbers. So basics. We're just teaching the basics when we open our Bibles. Um, every word is true. We're showing them that this is truth. Every word is true. Whenever I open my Bible, every word in the Bible the kids say is true, true, true. It's simple. We're just reinforcing it. Reveal the best story. Talk about God. Talk about redemption. Tell children what the covenant God, keeping God, meant to his people and what he means to you. Um, and let this anchor you. Um, okay. Prayer. We've talked about it. Um, we're modeling dependence on the Lord. 
Um, we're helping our children see that, hey, did you come in sad today? That's okay. It's okay to be sad. Can I pray for you in that sadness? You're having a hard time obeying today. I have a hard time obeying all the time. You know what I do? I ask God to help me. Can I ask God to help you? You're helping the children see that you're laying the needs before him and watching him answer. And then share those answers with the children. Um, Tell the stories of God showing up. Read the stories of how he showed up for Amy Carmichael and Hudson Taylor and those wonderful stories if you've heard them. Um, Look for opportunities to pray and pray for the children. Pray for opportunities. Um, Pray for the praying. That's a kind of silly concept, but I've really latched on to that of like, no, we can actually pray for opportunities to pray, to find those opportunities to pray. Pray for the praying. Um, Boundaries uh, are good, okay? So set them. Um, We talked about a little bit uh, earlier, but if you are on the 10th floor of, uh, for me, it would be Cashers, North Carolina. You know, I would be in Cashers on the 10th floor of a hotel. What if there was no railing? How close am I going to get? to go enjoy the beautiful view. Not very. I'm not going to go near that. But when there's a balcony with a railing, I'm leaning over it. I'm looking. I'm enjoying the view. That's what boundaries do for children. It's what they do for me. Give me boundaries because then I can enjoy. Okay? So when we, don't be afraid to tell children, it's my turn to talk. It's your turn to listen. Right now, this is my, now be ready to show grace, all the grace, right? But boundaries are good. If you don't communicate them, they don't know them. So you have to communicate the boundaries. Um, Be in a partnership. If you're in a classroom, if you're the one that has set the boundaries, talk to your co-teacher and say like, hey, I'm going to set the boundaries. If you see someone who's really struggling with that, will you go sit by them? And let be in a partnership with the other person in the room. If it's in a home, talk to the other person about what that could look like. If you're a single parent, invite someone in. Like I said, ex- extend what the view of covenant family looks like. And think about how you can support each other in that. And talk about it in advance so that there's someone who's communicating the boundaries. And then there's another person helping everyone um, enjoy the view. <laughs> um, okay, habits. This is going to help you with boundaries because children um, are children of habit and habits are good. So wherever you can look for places to synchronize or tie things together, that's what's happening in Deuteronomy 6. When you walk, when you eat, when like, oh yeah, we're tying things together. We're saying that when it's Sunday, we eat ice cream and we read, spend longer in God's word on that day, you know? So you're tying things together that tell the children, oh yeah, we do this. This is what we do. So look for opportunities to tie things together. Repetition is the key to learning. Um, A lot of times we think we have to be original. Guess what? You really, it's better if you're not with children. And... (coughs) You are just consistently saying the true things. (coughs) Every word in the Bible is true, true, true. It's reinforcing um, something. If you're you're saying it over and over, the better they learn. If it works, keep doing it. A lot of times in Sunday school classes, we feel like we have to follow the curriculum and do something because it tells us to do it. 
If something worked three weeks ago that also applies today, do it again. They don't remember they were only here one time. Um, do it again. Don't feel like you have to do what the lesson tells you to do. Um, if you know it works for your classroom, do it again. Um, music and chants help, um, especially with young ages. I mean, even with the third graders that I taught last year, maybe because I had them when they were in preschool, <laughs> so it was familiar, but I would say, our hands we fold, our heads we bow, so we can talk to God just now, and they know that means, okay, get quiet, we're, somebody's going to pray. So, you know, it just helps to have these rhythms that are built in, um, whether you're at home or in the classroom. Consider transitions, the important parts of what you're doing, ways to begin and end. These are just practical teaching helps um, that, guess what, take, take time to think of. You're not just going to think of them on the spot. But as you build your repertoire with these things, wow, your life gets easier. Okay? Because everyone kind of knows these things are tied together. Um, fellowship. Uh, we're, again, enjoying fellowship with children. Learning to play together is important. Um, and so when we, I have three pictures here because one represents my four-year-olds, my third graders, and my home, okay? So my four-year-olds that I love teaching, um, you know, we're spending time around trains and toys and learning how to share and learning how to take turns and learning how to say I'm sorry. Um, and so that, that's what fellowship looks like at that age, but you are setting a foundation for when in third grade, I've got them and the kids come in and you know what? We don't have baseball in our classroom, but they know how to make it. Um, and I'm letting them and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, let's see. Well, we're waiting for people to come in. We'll do that. Let's let y'all play basketball with that stick and the balled up paper. Um, and they're playing and I'm saying things like, right, right. Is there anyone else who wants to play? Have you made sure everyone has a turn? Um, what about girls? Girls like baseball too. You know, they might want to join. Don't just think this is something for the boys. So you're saying things, you're helping them um, include others, learn what it's like to include others. Uh, in the home, um, my husband and I right now are rarely with our children because they are so busy. And so we have to fight for our meal times to be fellowship and not logistics because it is easy for we're fighting for the meal time but then it's like oh this is the only time we're seeing you so what time do you have to be where tomorrow and who needs a ride and da 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 and it's become logistics time and it's like oh we're not training them for fellowship with others because fellowship for other, we, we've trained them to put the phones away we've my son we've trained you know we've trained them to do that but what are we modeling when we're just asking them questions about logistics I've been so convicted of that um, so we're learning to fellowship and in the classroom with goldfish same thing happens you're modeling conversation in the home and in the classrooms um, movement Look for places for movement. I'm already looking at all these circles. I'm like, oh, you could do so many fun games with this. Like, look for opportunities to let the children move around um, and, and alternate sitting still and movement, whether it be in the home, whether it be family worship. Be okay with movement. It's okay. I love one of our pastors, he and his wife are all the time sharing on Instagram what their family worship looks like with their five children. It's a mess, you know, and it's like, thanks for modeling that it's a mess and that everyone's literally crawling all over each other. Um, but you're fighting for it and you're doing it and you're sharing it with the congregation. Um, so look for, look for opportunities for movement and be okay with, um, with it. 
prepare. Don't ask young children to wait for you, okay? It's really hard for them to wait for the grown-ups to get ready. <laughs> really hard. So you've got to be prepared. Um, in a classroom setting, that means like even like taking off the backs of stickers for them. I mean, it's tedious, y'all, the things that we do to prepare. But then when you're with them, the time is meaningful. And it means you're gonna, you've got to sacrifice something to get there early. It means you've got to wake up early to be ready to do something. It, it's like, but, but be willing to prepare. Um, outline, outline your time together. Write it out. Because you know what? The more over-prepared you are, the more ready you are to pivot. And you're ready to say, oh, actually, we're not going to get to that. We're not, but look, I wrote down some other things, and I remember we did that. So be ready to pivot. Um, and let their time be spent in enjoyable ways because of your preparation. Um, read the room. Be okay reading the room and being like, yeah, that next thing I had planned, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Uh, how can I be intentional with this time? Um, welcome the children. How can you welcome children well? If you um, are were teaching in this classroom, what age is in here? First grade? So they're kind of short. Yeah, they're kind of short. How could you be at their level? Maybe you're sitting in a chair as they're coming in. Maybe you are um, saying their names. I hope you are greeting them by name. But you're not just expecting them to walk in, sit down, and find their seat. You're welcoming them. You're saying, I'm glad you're here at their level, the content at their level. If it's something in the home, how are you thinking about creating this on their level? Um, little children, I mean, if you've got the two-year-olds, whatever, four-year-olds even, um, thresholds for me are so important because to me, when a parent drops off a child into a classroom, the parent has brought them over the threshold or handed them over the threshold into my arms if they are sad but it is like I am able to say to that child I know your mom brought you somewhere that she trusts is safe and I'm so glad you're here y'all it makes the biggest difference and your church culture might be one where the parents want to walk in with the child and I'm not that's okay too but I just want you to know those that threshold says something to a child like oh once I cross over that threshold so you want to welcome that child into that other room, over that threshold. Um, consider their needs and the timing. Consider your attitude and facial expressions, and don't be distracted. And it's so hard because you're usually co-teaching with somebody that you really want to catch up with. Um, but just commit to each other to not be distracted, to find time outside of that time you're teaching together to catch up into fellowship because you're there your purpose in being there is to enjoy fellowship with each other there is a component of that but it's also to invest and welcome the children um take turns i don't care how old your child is if everyone gets to take a turn they are so patient if they know everyone's going to get a turn okay so not everyone always gets a turn um but if there is something that you can do that everyone gets a turn if you can pass something around if you can um act it out and everybody gets a part if you can uh, hide something and everybody finds it they are so willing to engage if everybody gets to take a turn again y'all these are not rocket science but um it's just remembering the things positive reinforcement 
um, stating everything in the positive. Hey kids, wear a rocks day on the ground. I mean, you know, you're reminding them, hands to yourself, walking feet. You're telling them what you want them to do instead of no running, no throwing rocks. You're supposed to be sitting right now. I mean, as soon as children here don't do that, they're going to be like, you know, so give them the good idea <laughs> um, and think about how to state things in the positive. Um, reinforce their good ideas. I, there's, a, Laura and I were talking on the way here, that there's a family that is full of ideas, but they're not all good ideas. Um, so we're able to say to them, you have so many good ideas, but I need you to run your ideas by Miss Katie. I mean, you know, it's like, so you're, you're helping them. Uh, affirm them and you're finding things that they are doing and reinforcing the good ideas. I love the way you brought the, your Bible. I love the way you shared your markers. I love the way you helped so-and-so with that answer. Um, so look for those things. Humor, don't forget it. Bring it because you're going to need it. Um, don't take yourself too seriously. Join the fun. It helps that relationship first mentality. Um, and then resources. This is often viewed as the most important thing. And we won't take time to discuss it, but I'm just letting you know, like, I'm telling you about the curriculum last. It doesn't matter what your curriculum is, okay? I mean, it does. There's good curriculum. There's bad curriculum. We can talk about that. But whatever your curriculum is, that is actually, and you, you need to prepare it, and you need to be ready for it. But all these other things, we haven't talked about the actual resource or the actual curriculum. Um, so don't view it as your most important thing. Don't view it as what you're doing before you walk in or before you spend time with your family. It's like, oh, I gotta look at that first. Think about the other elements of the time with the children. Um, the content is important, but engagement with the content can be done in so many ways and know your children to know how to do that. Um, are they engaged? Fight for this over perfection. Show them grace, let some things go. Um, what will they remember? What do you remember from church? If you go home and talk to your spouse about that, you'll come up with some good stories. I bet they involve some relationships. Um, and just kind of talk about those things that you remember from growing up in the church. So, and finally, you have to trust the Holy Spirit to change hearts. It's not you. It's got to be the whole work of the Holy Spirit. You do have amazing influence, though. So I want you to feel empowered. You have influence. And then trust the Holy Spirit um, to change the heart.